Welcome to Aphesis Church Podcast Channel. If you're in Columbia, South Carolina area, we would love to get to know you better and for you to experience what Aphesis is all about. If you would like more information about us, please visit our website at aphesischurch.com. It is our prayer that this message truly speaks to you. God bless. So my opening scripture, I have a lot, so y'all can go ahead and be seated. And so tonight, I'm starting with Genesis 47, and I'm going to read 13 through 36. Very familiar story. Now there was no bread in all the land, for the famine was very severe, so that the land of Egypt and the land of Canaan languished because of the famine. And Joseph gathered all the money that was found in the land of Egypt and in the land of Canaan for the grain which they bought, and Joseph bought the money into Pharaoh's house. So when the money fell in the land of Egypt and in the land of Canaan, all the Egyptians came to Joseph and said, Give us bread, for we had, for why should we die in your presence? For the money has failed. Then Joseph said, Give your livestock, and I will give you bread for your livestock, if the money is gone. So they bought their livestock to Joseph, and Joseph gave them bread in exchange for the horses, the flocks, the cattle of the herds, and for the donkeys. Thus he fed them with the bread in exchange for all their livestock that year. When that year had ended, they came to him the next year and said to him, We will not hide from my Lord that our money is gone. My Lord also has our herds of livestock. There is nothing left in the sight of my Lord but our bodies and our lands. Why should we die before your eyes, both we and our land, by us and our land, for bread? And we and our land will be servants of Pharaoh. Give us seed that we may live and not die, that the land may not be desolate. Then Joseph bought all the land of Egypt for Pharaoh, for every man of the Egyptians sold his field, because the famine was severe upon them. So the land became Pharaoh's. And as for the people, he removed them into the cities, from one end of the borders of Egypt to the other. On the land of the priests he did not buy, for the priests had rations allotted to them by Pharaoh, and they ate their rations which Pharaoh gave them. Therefore they did not sell their lands. Then Joseph said to the people, Indeed, I have bought you and your land this day for Pharaoh. Look, here is seed for you, and you shall sow the land. And it shall come to pass in the harvest that you shall give one-fifth to Pharaoh. Four-fifths shall be your own as seed for the field and for your food, for those of your households and food for your little ones. So they said, You have saved our lives. Let us find favor in the sight of my Lord, and we will be Pharaoh's servants. And Joseph made a law over the land of Egypt to this day that Pharaoh should have one-fifth except for the land of the priests, which did not become Pharaoh's. So the title of my message today is Bringing Him My All. And what, we, what, I'm gonna, what I would like to do tonight is look at the things that, they, that the Egyptians brought Pharaoh, starting with um, Genesis 47, 13, now there was no bread in the land, for the famine was very severe. So the land of Egypt and the land of Canaan languished because of the famine. And Joseph gathered all the money that was found in the land of, of Egypt and the land of Canaan for the grain which they bought. And Joseph bought the money into Pharaoh's house. So first, first thing they bought was that they bought their money. Um, now, basically, we trade our time for money. Right? That's pretty much the, the bartering system that, that's the whole point of a job. You give up your time and somebody gives you money. Um, so by giving them all their money, it was just the Egyptians were giving up their time, um, the time that they expended earning that money. So the first thing I want to give God is my time. 
the truth is um, we, we all want money to do more things with, whether good or bad. We all, I mean, you might have the best intentions. I want more money so I can bless the church. I want more money so I can get a new house, so I can get the kids more clothes, so I can give to the poor. Whatever the reason, good or bad, we all want more money, right? So when I, when I, I realized the sacrifice that we make to, for our careers and for our jobs, um, this past Sunday, I realized that I've missed every church anniversary since the pastor took over. Every single year. One year I was deployed and the other, um, what has it been, seven years? 11 years? <laughs> I don't know where I'm at right now. I've missed every single one. And one of those years I was deployed. Why? And I was like, okay, why have I missed it? Why am I prioritizing this weekend job? I mean, I'm in, it's, I'm in the military and I'm on duty. So... <laughs> What happens? And basically, without paying attention to it, I remember when I was um, a young captain, every year you, you pick which weekends your reserve unit is going to work. And since you're the one picking, you, the first thing you look at is, what are the holidays, right? Then you look at, well, what other big events and special events are going on? What happens almost every second weekend of February? The Super Bowl. We always work on the first one because the third week is President's Day and nobody wants to work over a long weekend and we can't wait till the end of the month to get all the soldiers together. So every single year, every unit I've ever been in for the last 25 years works the first weekend of February because the Super Bowl and everything else that happens. And then, of course, our loving, joking pastor texts the group and lets me know, like, we had 93 people in service this past Sunday, right? Did he, did he tell y'all this before he texted me? <laughs> 93 people. If on, This is Pastor's text. If we only had a family of seven, <laughs> we could have hit 100. <laughs> if only there was a family of seven in attendance. <laughs> I was at work, and my, my wife and the kids, they came, to, um, they came to Greenville, Spartanburg, spent that Friday with um, Rayshawn and Journey, because the Journey turned one and, uh, last week, and we celebrated her birthday. And then she went on to Asheville to visit her family. But yeah, so our loving pastor made sure he let me know that we failed, y'all. <laughs> but um, so... That's the career I chose to earn money, but I realized that I can't keep letting them take me away. I can't keep letting that be a priority. Now, in the military, you know, I got orders and sometimes I can't avoid it, but at, I can also get ahead of it. Like, I could have asked for the time off ahead of time. Um, I just know that I don't want to continue to give my time to things that don't matter. Matthew 6 and 31 says, therefore do not worry saying what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear for after all these things the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly father knows that you need all these things but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. I have, a, I have an NCO um, that, that works for me that she stresses about 
her money. I wish she came to this church so she can give her um, her testimony. And I tell her all the time, she, she, she attends a church here in Columbia, and just like me, she commutes to Greenville every day. But um, her church here is, is a very small church, maybe like 20 people. And I tell her, y'all might as well just come on, join ours. Just like, come on. But I mean, yeah, her dad's a pastor, and you know, I guess she got some kind of loyalty to her family. So, <laughs> but she stresses over, the, over finances. And even though she's a preacher's kid, she and, and some of us sometimes, we have to be reminded um, that God knows what we need. He hears our prayers. He sees our pains and our worries, and he cares. You know, even no matter what your background might be, sometimes we all have to be reminded that we have a God that cares. Okay, so um, next one. So when the money failed in the land of Egypt and in the land of Canaan, all the Egyptians came to Joseph and said, give us bread. For why should we die in your presence? For the money has failed. Then Joseph said, give your livestock, and I will give you bread for your livestock if the money is gone. So they brought their livestock to Joseph, and Joseph gave them bread in exchange for their horses, the flocks, the cattle of the, cattle of the herd, and the donkeys. Thus he fed them with bread in exchange for all their livestock that year. So the next thing they gave up was their provisions. So now the word provision, it's a noun and a verb. So we got a couple different definitions. The noun definition, an amount set aside our profits in the accounts of an organization for a known liability, especially a bad debt or the diminution and value of an asset. Then the one that I like better is the financial or other arrangement for future eventualities or requirements. So I like that one. That is the um, noun definition because I like it because we all have a future eventuality that we have to face. Uh, one day we're going to have to answer for our action or lack of action. Amen. And then as I thought about it, I was like, I don't know which one is, is worse, honestly. Like, would I, being accountable for the sins that I made or being judged according to the good that I didn't do? Like, on that day, like, hey, Raymond, why didn't you speak to that guy sitting next to you at the car dealership? I mean, I think we get caught up in one day we got the answer for our sins and not really realizing that one day we might have to also answer for our inaction. So uh, why didn't you speak on my behalf? Why didn't you invite him to church? You know, how do you answer the question, those kind of questions? Um, so when I was in the when I was in the dealership, this I mean it made me think about it because I was actually in the dealership this past week, and there was a guy sitting next to me, and I'm I'm pretty sure maybe maybe it's just me. I had the same I had the hesitations of okay how do I how do I break the ice? How do I open the conversation? Um, what do I say? And then by the time you wake up, by the time work up enough courage to open your mouth, they come in and say, hey, Mr. Clark, your car is ready. Like, opportunity missed because overthinking it. And sometimes you just got to open your mouth. Um, so then we have the, so then I was looking at like, okay, I, I need to store up good works and faithful service for the bad debt that I've accumulated throughout my life. Then you have the verb provision, the verb meaning, um, the verbial 
definition of provision is to supply with food, drink, or equipment for a journey. Uh, back then, livestock was food, obviously transportation, um, tools, equipment, and could be used as money for exchanging, exchanging goods and things like that. From what I saw, the Egyptians didn't offer animal sacrifices, and it, you know, I thought about when Moses said we have to go three days journey because our sacrifices would be considered abomination to the Egyptians. So I was trying to think, okay, well, they didn't use them for sacrifice, but they did use them for these other reasons. And what, and then so I'm looking at it like they were trusting Pharaoh with their needs. We're going to give you all our supplies, all of our provisions, everything that we do, and we're going to trust you to provide for our needs. So the next thing I want to give God is my trust. The belief that he will protect and provide for us. For very familiar verse being Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. Trust in the Lord with all thy heart and lean not unto thine own understanding and always acknowledge him and he shall direct their paths. So when we believe and trust that God's working, all, working it all out, we don't have to worry about how he's working it out or when he's working it out. We just have to trust that he is working it out, right? And then when you, when, you, when you develop that attitude, no matter how things are going, you can walk around with gratitude and with somewhat excitement. Yeah, times are going to get hard, but when you have this attitude that no matter what I'm going through, I know that he's working it out, it takes off stress. It takes off pressure. Just know that God is always working for your good. And then it's impossible to be disappointed. Um, I, I know I told you guys before, I, as I wait on orders, I never worry about where I'm going. Because I'll, even if, I'm, yes, I want to go to Fort Jackson, but I got sent to Charlotte. All right, well, I'm in Charlotte for a reason. And that reason became so I can get to Greenville. So when I was in Charlotte, it was, all right, God, help me stop making this two-hour drive every day. <laughs> Get me back to Fort Jackson. Um, but while I was there, the people that I impacted, the people that I was able to talk to, helping people with um, death, helping people with suicidal ideation, the, the counseling, was, that was where I needed to be at that time. Um, so, and then my next assignment, instead of getting back to Fort Jackson, then I was in Greenville. And then I meet people like my, my NCO who who's pretty much been abused so much throughout her career that anything that happens, she almost breaks down. Um, losing confidence in herself and her abilities. You're talking about somebody that's been in the military doing it for over 20 years. She had, people have beaten her down so much that she doesn't trust her own guidance. Um, she doesn't trust her own knowledge and her own, her own experience. So then you meet people like her and I have the opportunity to build her up, to counsel her and to reestablish her in the church. A preacher's kid struggling mentally without talking to anybody. So everywhere, um, even still, she's same as me, she's trying to get back to Fort Jackson. I just remind her, you know what? God is always working it, working it out. If you can't get back, if you can't get your promotion, maybe it's because God is working a way for you to get back to Fort Jackson. If I don't get to Fort Jackson, wherever I go next, I know that God must have a need for me in that place. And when you have that kind of attitude, it doesn't matter what happens. I don't even know where I'm at on these notes. <laughs> um, so, when the third part, looking at verse 18, when the year, when that year ended, 
Uh, they came to him the next year and said to him, we will not hide from my Lord that our money is gone. My Lord also has our herds and our livestock. There is nothing left in the sight of my Lord but our bodies and our lands. Why should we die before your eyes, both we and our land, buy us and our land for bread and we will and we and our land will be servants of pharaoh give us seed that we may live and not die that the land may not be desolate then joseph bought all the land of egypt for pharaoh for every man of the egyptians sold his field because the famine was severe upon them so the land became pharaoh's now i think the, the value of land um then and now hasn't changed much if you basically at least in my opinion if you have land, you have security. If you have land, you have somewhere you can always go. Even if there's nothing on the land, a plot of earth, you, you, have, you have potential. You have the potential for a future. You have potential to provide. So there's opportunities. By giving Pharaoh their lands, they were giving up their past, present, and future. So you think about the time, these times, usually if you, if you own land, you're talking about generational, generations that have passed down that land. So, um, so the next thing I have to give up is my past, present, and future. I gave God my past when I repented and walked away from the sins that I used to have. I give God my present because I walk in gratitude and I walk in his grace, his mercy. And I give him my future. I want my future to mirror his plan. Now, there, so when I'm thinking about this one, it's there are things in our past that continue to hold us back. And I'm not talking about the things that we've done. I'm talking about the, the things that our mother did, things that our father did, the things that aunties, uncles, cousins, the things that we've seen throughout our lives other people do that somehow influences who we are. Now, like, I know that there's, the majority of my family I don't speak to growing up in the, growing up in the country and knowing the other side of the family, not the Floyd family. I'm, I'm attached to these guys and I want the best for them. And anything that happens around the Floyd family, I'm there. But then there's that other half, Like, I can still remember being five years old at those cookout parties and something happening that wasn't supposed to happen and like we don't deal with those people but as i thought about that and writing that down those are the people that need me the most those are the people that need to see that one i got away from that environment i broke those curses i protected my kids from those curses but i also became a completely different person from what you remember that's the reason why a lot of people, a lot of people still talk to us the way they do on social media or approach us the way they do because they don't know who we are. They got no idea that I'm Brother Floyd that speaks every now and then more, probably a little bit more than y'all y'all want. <laughs> but they don't know who I am to the church body. And they don't know who I am to the kids because in my mind, I'm protecting my family from that, that history. Now, when we talk about our, the thing is, so we, um, the actions of other people still hold influence, but we can release that to God and free ourselves. We can save our lives and the lives of future generations by taking a stand and being bold about who we are. 
there are things in our present that we just need to give to God and and live and operate in expectation and gratification, accepting that God, again, God is working it all out, right? And he, he, is, he sees the circumstance and he's here to fight our battles. And then there's the future that we can't see, but we know that there's a better day coming. When we say there's a better day, it's not just because we're in the slumps right now. Uh, of course, if you're down right now, there's, there's a better day. But there's also a joy when, when, you're, when you're having a great day and it's like, I am so blessed. But it's still exciting because I know it's going to get so much better. I don't know if y'all... I don't know if y'all can see it on me or Brother Adam or Brother Ryan. When, when Pastor called us to speak to the church, there was, an, there was such an excitement. And some of the services that we have, it's like, this is just awesome. Can you believe what is going on? And this is just the beginning. <laughs> we, haven't even, we really haven't got started. Where we're headed, it is exciting. Better days are coming. Great days are here. Greater days are coming. All right, so number four, verse 21. And as for the people, he moved them into the cities from one end of the borders of Egypt to the other end. Then Joseph said to the people, Indeed, I have bought you and your land this day for Pharaoh. Look, here is seed for you, and you shall sow the land. And it shall come to pass in the harvest that you shall give one fifth to Pharaoh, four fifths shall be your own, as seed for the field and for your food, for those of your households, and as food for your little ones. So the last thing they gave to the last thing they gave to Pharaoh was their very bodies. But I think it was more than just their physical bodies. By moving them into cities, they became servants, maybe even slaves of Pharaoh. Which means they not only did they work the land and give a portion, but um, they paid taxes, they became the, the army to fight wars, and they worshiped Pharaoh as a god. So Looking at it as they're a whole being, the next thing I want to, to give God, our God, is my whole self. My everything, my whole, my entire being, when, it, when all is stripped away and I just simply come, you know, with, with a heart and a desire to serve and love the God that saved my life. You know, I feel like it's, it's been a long time to get here, but it's no longer enough just to come to church to hear the word. It's no longer enough just to be physically here. Now I come looking for a fresh new experience every time I'm in the house. A, a new message every time, no matter who's speaking. Like there's, I, I, know, I know times that people get up here and say, I, I don't know who I'm talking to. Well, you're talking to me every single time because I'm looking. I'm looking for a word from God. I'm looking for an answer. I'm looking for a message, a direction. And every single message, and every song, <laughs> every little lesson that my kids come from Sunday school, yeah, I know the story. But let me see, your, let me hear your take on it. <laughs> um, so, and, and, I, and, I, and yes, I admit, it gets hard sometimes to shut off everything on the outside world. It, um, like me and Matt was talking even tonight when I'm putting my lesson in I got my work laptop up because emails are still coming in um, thinking about what has to happen with the house 
thinking about the car broke down on the way here. It's happened to us. We left it on the interstate and got here. <laughs> so I know it's hard to just shut it off sometimes. But at the same time, there's nothing more important than being here, being in this moment so that you can find what you need. So you can hear the message that, like I said, if, you're, if your heart is open, there's a message for you in every single lesson. So I look at, so I need to come before him with a clear mind and an open heart, ready and willing to receive what he has for me. You know, dedicating the time to draw closer to him if it's prayer. And we've had some awesome prayer meetings throughout the 21 days of consecration, the, the first Wednesday. These prayer services have been on fire. People have been getting after it, Amen. you know? Amen. You know, that something about that, that dedicated time, true, focused prayer that I admit, 45 minutes of praying used to be a long time to me. <laughs> like, when I was a teenager, I'd be at the altar sleep. <laughs> but now, uh, maybe I don't know, maybe it's the small chunks we, we divide up into 10, 10 12 minutes. Um, makes it easier. To, I, can, I can focus on anything for 10 minutes. <laughs> I can say those prayers for 10 minutes. But we come here getting something out of it. And then and um, pre-service prayer. We have people praying before the service, especially on um, Sunday mornings, and setting the atmosphere up front so people walk in and there's already something going on. Like, what did I miss? Oh man, what what did you miss? You missed something. <laughs> Mark twelve forty one through forty four. Now Jesus sat opposite the treasury and saw how the people put money into the treasury and how and many who were rich put in much. Then one poor widow came and threw in two mites, which make a quadrants. So he called his disciples to himself and said to him, Surely I say to you that this poor woman has put in more than all those who have given to the treasury. For they all put out their abundance, but she out of the poverty, out of her poverty, put in all that she had, her whole livelihood. So it wasn't that she just gave two small pieces of money. She gave away everything that we just talked about. She gave away any, any potential of getting any food, any potential of finding some place to stay. She gave absolutely everything she had. She gave her provisions, her opportunities, her plans. She sacrificed everything, even her dignity. You think about it. If all these people are throwing in out of their abundance, somebody was probably in the crowd snickering, snickering laughing maybe you know talking about like i just put in i don't know what what the other monies was called back then i just put in a, a whole gold bar hey she what she think that's gonna do <laughs> but she put in more than everybody else because she gave all right. so i'm gonna throw a caveat just for the recording if this has been recorded the floor i don't pay y'all ties <laughs> 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 Like, Pastor want a joke. No. No matter how much I put in, you give your all. <laughs> Don't just watch me give my all. <laughs> Pastor Huber, I hope you're being blessed tonight. <laughs> so, so they said, looking at verse um, 25, so they said, 
You have saved our lives. Let us find favor in the sight of my Lord, and we will be Pharaoh's servants. And Joseph made it a law over the land of Egypt to this day that Pharaoh should have one fifth, except for the land of the priests only, which did not become Pharaoh's. Verse 25, you, know, you have saved our lives. Let us find favor in the sight of my Lord, and we will be Pharaoh's servant. Man, if we had that level of honor and gratitude to our Lord and Savior, you know, you have saved my life. Let me find favor in your sight, Amen. and I will be your servant. You know, the, the truth is, some of us might be experiencing a spiritual famine. And maybe we just need to bring it all to God. Bring it all to him and, and allow him to be who he is. That's right. Jehovah. You know, the, the song, Jehovah Jireh. God is our provider. Jehovah Nisi, God fights our battles. Jehovah Rafi, God is our healer. Jehovah Shalom, God is our peace. Jehovah Shama, God is always there. That's my favorite one, always there. And all the situations that I go through, everything, everywhere I find myself, God is always there. And how can you, how can you be negative if you know God is always there? And so when I was thinking about the title of my message, I thought about the difference between bringing him my all and he wants it all. So I was like, is there a real distinction between the phrases? And I said, yes, I think so, because I was looking at like, he wants it all takes the pressure off of me in my mind. And you know, our gracious God is willing to take it all from us, but if we don't act, nothing happens. That's right. So we stay stuck in the same place. Yes. And yeah, we know that he, he will take it all, but there's no real, there's no, thank you, brother. There's no, there's no sacrifice. The word says, ask and ye shall receive. If you don't ask for deliverance, although God wants the best for you, it may, you may or may not receive it. But when I say I'm bringing him my all, that's my call to action. Yeah. I'm taking action. I'm stepping out. I'm moving forward. Amen. I'm submitting my needs, my wants, my situation, my circumstance to him. And then knock and it shall be open and seeking you shall find. Um, it's, now it's a promise. There's no, there's no stipulations. I, I step out so I receive. I'm, I'm showing God the effort. Right? Go to the Lord in prayer. Lord, we thank you for another opportunity to hear from you. Lord, we ask you to continue to be with us, continue to bless us, Lord. But let us give us a renewed commitment to serving you, to being a good and faithful servant, Lord. Help us to bring our all to you and not wait for you to wait to hear from you. Lord, help us help us to show you our faith through our works. Lord, I thank you for what you're doing in Ephesus Church. I thank you for what you're doing in this city. I ask you to continue to protect our church, continue to protect our pastor and the family as they travel. Lord, we ask you to bring us back at the appointed time. In your precious name we pray. Amen. If you were encouraged by this message and you would like to connect with Ephesus Church, or you would like to get in contact 
for the leadership of this church, please visit AphesusChurch.com. Thank you for being a part 